Hello and welcome to Jedi Journal. My name is Sedanako. Today I want to talk about some things that are kind of going on in the world. I recently saw a meme where it compared Molotovs of the Palestinians to Molotovs of the Ukrainian forces. I had actually seen this yesterday, but I have been writing this piece for over a week now. So I guess it's just kind of perfect timing. Well, not exactly perfect. Obviously, it's been influenced by what's going on. So anyways, the title of this episode is Jedi Regard for Life. So I have two quotes for you. One, Jedi use their powers to defend and protect, never to attack. This is the alternative code. It's also known as the Skywalker Code or the Anderson Code. It was written in April 1999. It is the fiction's version of Jedi ethics. The second one is written by real-life Jedi. Actually, it's my offline order when I was in Kentucky, and since then the offline order has moved to South Carolina. It reads, I use my training to defend and protect, never to assault. The Heartland Jedi Creed, August 2012. So assault, in this case, is a very particular form of attack. It's an attack against someone who is not engaged in action that threatens imminent, reasonable, per reasonable person imminent, or active violence against someone or a group of someone's physical person. So let's try an exercise here. Using the first trilogy, try to come up with one time in the films that the rebel forces assaulted non-combatant persons. Did Obi-Wan do it? What about Luke? So if you're asking why this question is on the table, let me explain. Over the years, it has often been commented that the reason Jedi should support physical violence against vocal or ideological violence is because the rebel forces and the Jedi attacked oppressive organizations. Of course, the sad thing is, is that the same logic that asserts that politically and or socially motivated rioting is not only excusable, but to be praised is the same logic that can be stood up by the oppressive institutions to inflict violence upon those they wish to oppress. Looking at you, Russia, yes, that's right. They are currently in the process of trying to arrest and inflict their own version of violence against protesters. This is ideological and political violence against an oppressive institution. And they're using the exact same logic that rioters would use against them to oppress the opposition. It is sad and it is true. But that's neither here nor there because we're going to get into the ethics of why the Jedi path doesn't really support this. So let's go back to the earlier question. Using the first trilogy, try to come up with one time in the films that the rebel forces assaulted non-combatant persons. Can you think of any when Obi-Wan did it? What about Luke? Nothing? Or maybe you did. 
So you might have pointed out the Death Star. Plenty of people on that that ship were, were murdered, right? Okay, first of all, let's talk about what the Death Star is. It was a fully operational weapon that had already been used to destroy the entire planet of Alderaan. And if you look to the extended universe, you actually find that it was used on a planet before Alderaan. In fact, it was the very planet that constructed it. It's called uh, Despare. I think that's how you spell it. D-E-S-P-A-R-E. I don't know how to say it, but that's what it is. Which was a slave and penal world. And that's actually what Tarkin said. They're not really human. They're kind of a waste of space. And so I'm going to get rid of them. Even though he was told by his own people that uh, that's probably not a good idea. But he did it anyway. So it was used on two planets. The ship itself was an imminent threat to life in the galaxy. This makes it a strategic military target with no other option than to destroy it. As there was no way to target the ship without anyone on it, the only possible solution was to target it when the rebel forces had the advantage. With Tarkin at the head, Vader somewhere probably in there, at least as far as they were aware, this made it a good strategic target. We already knew the people in charge of it were crazy. So in the real world, this would be the equivalent of going after a nuclear sub with Triton, mental, uh, Triton missiles uh, that has already deployed one of their Triton missiles on, a, on London and is no longer engaged in combat. The only thing you know at this point is that the submarine is armed and the person in command and those under them are willing to deploy those missiles against an innocent population. But you know what? Until they used their weapon, and yes, this is, this is sad, until they used their weapon, you have no idea what they were going to use it for. Until they fired it. You had no idea. So they may hold those Triton missiles in reserve simply to protect against another nuclear sub with Triton missiles that might want to blow up London. We don't know that. We don't know their intention. But after they use them, we know their intention. See, the truth is, is that we can't read people's minds. Jedi can't. Humans can't real life Jedi can't. It's just not a thing. This is not what men want or what women want. Those movies are great. They're fun. We all wish they would work, but we can't read minds. We don't know how crazy Tarkin is. We don't know what links the people in on the ship will go. Recently, I would have told you nobody would be dumb enough to fire on a nuclear facility, an active live nuclear facility with six reactors. Guess what happened last week? People were dumb enough to do that. Now, sure, the, the fire happened on a property that wasn't really close to the reactors, but it doesn't matter. Because they still thought it was a good idea. But until then, nobody really would have suspected that. <laughs> Maybe they didn't really know what was on Chernobyl. 
still think they're a little bit crazy on that one too. Maybe, maybe they weren't aware that the nuclear waste could really cause some damage or that there was enough on there. We don't know. We really don't know what's going on through the heads of any of those service members. Especially since, you know, uh, apparently people are not telling them that they're going into Ukraine, supposedly. We don't know. But we do know that they're perfectly okay with shelling a nuclear facility that is active. But until then, we didn't know. We couldn't read their minds. All we knew is that they were okay with putting nuclear plant or nuclear weapons on standby because of sanctions. So we already knew Putin was crazy. We just didn't know how, what links the people underneath him would go to exact whatever objective they have. Okay, so let's switch gears to something a little bit less big. Because the Death Star was massive and its devastation was a lot larger than this next guy. What about Jabba the Hutt? All right, now think back on that scene. Luke actually gave Jabba an opportunity at a peaceful resolution. Jabba didn't just kick him to the curb, though. He tried to have him killed at the Sarlacc pit. So the only people that Luke targeted were those which were instrumental to trying to murder him. So it was Leia, though, that ended up killing Jabba. You could say Leia was rebel forces and therefore there is your example. Well, not quite. She needed a means of exit and she was chained to the only one that could. There's no telling what could have happened to her afterwards. He's already shown himself to not really give a damn. And uh, could throw her to Sarlacc Pit also or do other unspeakable things. So she needed an escape. This was to save her life. So in the chaos, the ship was destroyed to secure this exit. Because even after Jabba was dead, people on board were fighting the Jedi for him. Luke, he didn't attack first. He defended himself and protected his friends. Jedi used the powers to defend and protect never to assault or attack. So in the real world, this is akin to fighting only when directly attacked and applying the minimum amount of force necessary to stop the fight, no more. Unfortunately for Jabba, the only way that that was gonna happen was for the death of everything on that ship. But the aim is still to preserve life to give opportunity for life to seek redemption. And this is the key. Because redemption is important when we're talking about life. See, the Jedi path actually does believe in redemption. And you still have an opportunity if you are voicing vocal or ideological violence against other people to overcome these things. It doesn't happen necessarily overnight, but if you get rid of those people, you breed 
other other points of contention. I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed. And then you, suddenly you kind of confirm that they're oppressed instead of working with them towards their redemption. Because it's only in giving them that opportunity that they'll ever really get it. Now, redemption ceases, or opportunity for redemption ceases when you die. You can still perceive redemption. You can still achieve redemption by going to jail. And this is one reason why in international law, you're not supposed to just kill off somebody. I am sure that there are many people who, if they had faced Saddam Hussein in the pit, in the hole that he was in, and he said, I am Saddam Hussein, and I am surrendering, they still would have wanted to kill him. Oh, I'm, I'm sure if they had the opportunity, there are people out there that would have killed him. But that wouldn't have necessarily been justice for everybody. Watching their country, so just kind of go back to what happened back then, watching their country stand up together against this force that had killed so many of their own, that had used systemic theology to get rid of theologies that were anti-his. showed solidarity. So it wasn't just the redemption that was sought by him. He didn't really get it, probably. Like, maybe by the end that he looked at it, he still thought he was doing the right thing and he was going to get his however many virgins he believed he was going to get. We don't know. What we do know is that that redemption story that period of redemption was not necessarily for Saddam Hussein. It was for the people of Iraq. Because then they saw that they had solidarity. They knew there were people who stood on their side. Even if it was only for a moment in time before ISIS was able to take over. But we're not getting into that. So this is my point. We have to give opportunity for redemption. We can get that through the justice system if it is run properly and correctly. Or we can seek it for ourselves and actually overcome whatever stupid belief systems we have that oppress other people from being who they want to be. So... Here's a question for you. What is it that makes the empire evil and the rebel forces good? So you could say it was the Sith, but it's not. Tarkin was the one that directed the planet aside. That's what I'm going to call it because genocide doesn't quite cover it of Desperate and Alderaan. And Java wasn't a Sith either. He ruled at his own whim. So what this demonstrates is that all that Sidious and, and Vader really did was give already depraved people an opportunity to carry out their 
carry out their darkest desires with brainwashed pawns alongside them. Because not all of them were completely evil. A lot of them were brainwashed. And sadly, uh, that is something that we're kind of seeing right now with Russia. They will consistently deny, 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 and tell their people that other people that it's actually Ukrainians bombing their own people and the Russians are only in there to liberate them from the oppressive Ukrainian military and they believe this not all of them do but there are those that do and so those are the brainwashed pawns alongside them no telling how many of those soldiers are just brainwashed or how many of them are not really in the know of what's truly under going on. It, it's a very complicated story over there. I mean, you would think by now, week and a half later, they would know, but I, I, I'm not in their heads. We're not mind readers. So it's not that the rebel forces fought on the side of freedom either. So it's not the Sith and it's not the side of freedom. Because if they had targeted civilian populations, equal resentment would have existed. People are willing to deal more with the devil they know than the devil that doesn't have enough power to demonstrate their tyranny yet. And so this redemption story is hindered because there's no real hero here. The glaring difference is the empire's wanton disregard for life because according to the alternative code, April 1999, Jedi respect life in any form. This is how we know that the aggression against Ukraine is run by someone, Vladimir Putin, who is guided by the darkest depths of the force. What separates Jedi from people like Putin is our respect for life. The uncomfortable reality is in accordance with the Jedi code, the people who attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, are no better than Putin waging war on Ukraine. The only thing that really sets the group apart is scale. Putin has a lot more power than those people who were in the Capitol. But honestly, the equally uncomfortable truth is that neither the Jedi Code nor the movies condone actions of politically and or socially motivated rioting. Jedi are not ruled by their emotions. Jedi actions are grounded in a focus to protect civilization. Because as Mace Windu said it in Shatterpoint, a 2003 novel by Matthew Stover, because only civilization creates peace. It's not perfect, but it is how we move forward. It is how we grow by working on civilization, not these tribal mindsets of us versus them. A Jedi knows that their enemy is not an area, it's not a race, it's not a nationality. It's intolerant ideology and that ideology can be fought without violence. A Jedi knows that the only people you engage in physical violence with are those who are actively engaged in physical violence or who have demonstrated themselves to be an imminent 
by a reasonable person, an imminent threat to the loss of life, not livelihood, the extermination of life, limb, or eyesight. For engaging in physical violence before that, you accept defeat. And believe it or not, the fiction actually tells us that we should overcome our defeat, our defeatism. The Jedi path has to give civilization the opportunity to fix itself over time. We cannot simply rebuild it in our own image through force. It is the second ideology that leads to the mindset of so many terrorists, which breeds more death and destruction. In order for light to succeed in balancing the force, we Jedi are called to hold steadfast to these principles. Thank you for joining me. May the force be with you and may you awaken the night within.